0: Welcome to the Partners Financial Podcast, a podcast designed for you with insights from fellow members, as well as NFT and Partners Financial experts.
1: Hi, welcome to the Partners Financial Podcast. This is our product update with Jeff Driscoll. I'm Kristen Bulat, and Jeff is here to talk to us about some interesting trends he's seen in the industry, particularly around the sudden appearance of proprietary indexes inside IUL. So thanks for joining me today, Jeff.
0: Okay, thanks, Kristen.
1: So Jeff, we've had IUL since what, early 2000s, yes?
0: Uh, Yeah, for the most part, maybe a few companies before that, but probably mid-2000s, 2005 was when we really started to see them.
1: Okay, so why does it feel like all of a sudden now roughly 15 to 20 years later, everybody's talking about proprietary indexes and all the carriers have created this new way of investing in their IULs.
0: Right. So, yeah, and and proprietary index accounts, uh, they've actually been around, but just not in indexed ULs. They've been in the fixed index annuity world. Um, but to answer the question, why now in indexed ULs, we kind of have to, go back and review the last 15 or so years. So as you recall, back then, when the first IULs came out, there weren't proprietary indexed accounts. We were mainly selling the S&P 500. And in those days, we had you know, higher caps, low volatility, you know interest rates, and the general account portfolio yields of the carriers were decent. And, and sales rocked, right? I mean, sales just took off. It was the best case scenario for index UL products. Um, but what was happening was the max illustrated rates were being picked by the carriers differently. So some carriers were looking back 20 years, 25, you know, some carriers looking back 30 years. Um, so, you know, people were calling those days, the wild, wild west. And after a while then arrived AG 49, that was probably, uh, Well, it was in two parts, late September, uh, 2015, and then later in March of 2016, there was a a second piece. And that added a benchmark index account with rules, a loan arbitrage maximum of hundred basis points, and a max illustrated rate that couldn't exceed the carrier's general account portfolio of 145%. Well, hang on. So you just blew past that
1: one. And that's a big thing because Earlier, when we were prepping, you said, "Well, the carriers have low interest rates, and their general account portfolios have fallen." And not the product expert that you are. So I thought, "Eh, "Why does that matter?" So then you said that one hundred forty-five percent thing. Say it again, because that is an important piece that I think maybe doesn't get talked about enough. Why, how the juxtaposition of low interest rate and carrier general account performance falling impacts the IUL and the illustration. So. Just do a little bit more on that, so everybody's clear, because that's a big deal, right?
0: It, it is. So it isn't. It, it's like a, an added piece to the the guardrails that you know AG forty nine has in place. So it isn't just the uh, the benchmark indexed account. You know, it's you also have the regulation that you can't have a max illustrated rate that exceeds the carrier's general account portfolio yield by one hundred and forty five percent. So you have to have your max illustrated rate fit in between those, those two guardrails. And, and so, so that made it interesting, right? That made it you know, a, a little tighter. Mm-hmm. But that's when we started to see the development of multipliers and buy-up cap accounts, right? Yeah. And, and, and those were all within the AG49 regulation. There, there's nothing wrong with that. And sales continued to go really well. Right. Because they were
1: a way that you could show a higher Max illustrated rate ultimately, right? You could show a higher rate because you had multipliers, right?
0: Yeah, it, it, it basically it, it was a way for you to get a, a better, um, you know, crediting rate to your cash value, right? So you, mm-hmm. the performance was better.
1: Yeah.
0: And, and so obviously sales continued to go well. And multipliers oftentimes had a charge associated with them. Um, but the illustrative performance and actually the, the true actual performance, uh, they were going well and sales were very strong. Uh, but multipliers and associated charges, again, were different by different carriers and it wasn't regulated. So in came AG49A, which basically eliminated the, the ability to illustrate multipliers and buy up cap accounts, even though you, you know, they can still be sold. The other piece with AG49A is the loan arbitrage was reduced to 50 basis points. Mm -hmm. So, So that was the scenario that sort of brought in, you know, proprietary indexed accounts because what had changed in the meantime, in addition to AG49A, was that now interest rates are even lower, volatility has spiked higher, and the general account portfolio yields for, for many carriers have been diluted. And, you know, we've seen cap rates, you know, being reduced by by all carriers. So, so now we're in the environment where, you know, looking at a proprietary indexed account makes a lot of sense for a carrier because it's really driven by the economics, right? You can get, um, a more stable option price and a lower price for the carrier with these proprietary index accounts because you're not you're not in the S&P 500 world where the demand is really high right so um, that's sort of the history of how we got here even though proprietary index accounts have been around for a while.
1: So um, if there are a response to AG49 and AG49A, do, it's a 2 pronged question. One do they then, does using a proprietary index account allow for a higher max illustrated rate? And then secondly, if it does, do you anticipate that we'll see something like AG49B to respond to proprietary index accounts?
0: Yeah, so it it can. It, proprietary index accounts can have a higher max illustrated rate depending upon how it, it looks at the stock market and, and takes its slice. Um, and I think yes, I think because you know you can have these these different uh, rules with a proprietary index account or different different ways of looking at um, the market and, and creating max illustrated rates. I do believe that there will be you know an AG forty nine B as you put it uh, to sort of um, you know tighten that up a little bit. Um, and and we'll get into another reason why I think they'll there'll be in AG49B when we, when we talk about the fixed bonuses.
1: Okay. All right. We'll remember to bring that up, but I wanted to sort of go back to what you started to say about it's cheaper for the carriers to offer these proprietary index accounts because the option price is lower. And as we know, carriers are a for-profit company, and you know, so they need to do something that's profitable, but also it needs to be profitable for the producers who are selling it and for the clients who are purchasing it. So how do do for proprietary index accounts fit into that sort of beneficial to all three parties formula?
0: Yeah, so uh, there's no change to that equation for the producer, right? So the, the, the compensation is the same, but for the carrier, you know, as we talked about, it is less expensive, um, you know, to buy the options. Um, and you know there isn't the same demand. It's a proprietary indexed account, so um, you know they get stable option prices, uh, you know lower option costs, and and in exchange, what many of the carriers have done is they've taken that savings and they've added either a fixed bonus or um, higher caps or or even you know, these proprietary index index accounts with no caps and very attractive participation rates. So they have sort of created a win-win. And it it does have a, a, these volatility control proprietary index accounts, they do have a nice sales story to them. So I think they have created value while cutting down their costs.
1: It's nice to hear that the carriers, generally speaking, have taken the savings that they get by using a proprietary index and passed it along to the clients as well. That must make a nice story for the producer to talk to the client about.
0: Yeah, I, I'm not so sure they pass along all the savings.
1: But... Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean all, Some a savings, <laughs> two fraction, <laughs> two cents. <laughs> no, yeah. so now that, you know, as we said, the proprietary index account, say that three times really fast, Those are new to the market, so there's not a lot of track record. There isn't a history. We can't look back at the S&P 500, and we know that past performance is not indicative of the future, but if there's no past performance and we're just future, how do do our firms manage that? How do they help their clients stay informed? What do they do about being able to illustrate these higher max rates?
0: Right, so that's really the, you know, sort of the, cautionary tale here is that um, they could perform really well and, um, you know, but we don't have, you know, the track record of, you know, going through all the different economic cycles that we have for the S&P 500. So, um, you know, you really do need to run these illustrations at at lower rates and not just, you know, run the uh, default rate in the illustration software, because, you know, that's typically the the best case scenario. So, you know that that's definitely number one. Number two is we need to learn more about these proprietary indexed accounts because um, you know they're more involved. You know the uh, volatility control accounts, so it's not as simple as picking up the newspaper and seeing how that index did because it's not in the newspaper. So, uh, they do have a nice story to them, but. We're going to have to make sure that the carrier supplies a lot of the data that we'll need when the policy anniversary rolls around, so we can explain to the client how they got credited in these segments the way they did.
1: And you've run uh, probably 300 million illustrations in your professional career with these proprietary index accounts. What is your recommendation for the best way to run different crediting rates or? of stress test illustrations, you can our firm can get a good sense of how this product would perform.
0: Yeah, so uh, obviously, um, you know, lower, right? So, I mean, if it's at you know six percent, you know, I'd want to see it at four. I often tell people to run one hundred percent of the available premium in the fixed account because that helps expose the charges of the uh, uh, of the policy. So. You know, you can actually see sometimes with these, uh, you know, different indexed accounts, you get kind of fooled. You're thinking that the policy is a little bit cheaper than it is because of, you know, the added bonuses or, you know, so that, you know, it, it looks like, and of course it's showing that return each and every year. So I think if you show 100% in the fixed account, you know, that's often not too far off the from the general account portfolio yield of the carrier. So you'll get to see, you know, how expensive the policy is. But running it at different rates, um, I think, you know, with all UL policies, that's that's really a good idea, and you know, you get a feel for how well it will will hold in, you know, or hold up in 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 those lower rates or or even, you know, most of the software now you can change the rate, you can put in zeros, so you can see uh, how it will perform in different scenarios and. And stress tested, you know, we always recommend that. So nothing different here. Mm
1: -hmm. And, you know, this sounds like these products would be really very performing well in an accumulation cash value oriented sale. But if it's more of a death benefit oriented sale, would you change the illustration parameters if you're using one of these proprietary index account policies?
0: So, I mean, so that's that's a good point. Like, some of these proprietary index accounts make more sense in one type of sale or another. Like if it's a volatility control uh, proprietary index account, and it's a death benefit oriented sale, you know, you may not necessarily necessarily be looking to get like the highest return each and every year, but you don't want, you know, zeros, right? You want to maintain that death benefit. So there's a place where it would really fit For accumulation sales, you know, you might want to split the premium and use different different indexed accounts that are offered, you know, by the carrier. So, you know that that's a really good point. It it really depends on the client's uh, scenario, the what's the goal of the product, you know, understanding their risk tolerance, understanding their understanding of the financial markets. Because, like I said, these proprietary indexed accounts can get a little more. Detailed, so um, you kind of need to think of all that.
1: Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So one of the things that we haven't circled back to in our last few minutes that I want to talk about is the fixed bonus. Mentioned that earlier, and we got moved on to other things. So I want to come back and ask you about the fixed bonus. What do you think of them? Do you like them? Should we be excited or alarmed or something of both?
0: Yeah, no, I like them. Um, you know, I think that's part of the. the Added value back to the consumer, you know, from the, the carrier having, you know, found savings with the, uh, the option costs. So uh, that makes sense to me. I think where the cautionary tale comes in is if you're running, you know, uh, an indexed UL uh, with an income solve and you're running a, an index loan, these proprietary indexed accounts with a fixed bonus actually add that fixed bonus back into the loan arbitrage. So, you know, instead of just a 50 basis point arbitrage, um, the fixed bonus isn't part of AG49A. So that gets added on top of the, the loan arbitrage. You could actually have 150 basis point arbitrage each and every year. And I know a lot of people realize that, you know, that <clears throat> that's probably not going to happen. Um, And so that may be too aggressive. You know, you may want to run, or I would recommend you run both a standard loan if you're going to be running an index loan just to see the difference because I think it it is a substantial difference. And and you also need to be aware that some of these fixed bonuses, um, they're not all fully guaranteed. They might have a current bonus rate and a guaranteed bonus rate. So you need to be aware that that could change uh, as well. So... I like them. I like the higher caps. I like the, the accounts with no cap and, you know, higher participation rates. So I like the fact that the consumer is seeing some added value. But, um, you know, with the, the fixed bonus, you just have to be aware that, you know, that's added to the, the index loan as well.
1: Mm-hmm. So any final thoughts on proprietary index accounts before we say goodbye?
0: Um. And I think we hit them right. You have to do your homework. You 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 know stress test them. Um, think about splitting the premium into proprietary and and other accounts that are offered by the carrier. Um, and and definitely work with a carrier that's going to give you the ammunition you need to explain, you know, the crediting of these proprietary index accounts because you just can't Google it or read it in the newspaper. So. You know, we're, we're, and we'll we'll help with that. We'll help uh, advocate for getting uh, better information so that we can explain it to clients.
1: Yes, absolutely. You're, you and Eric and the rest of the Partners Financial team are really good advocates for our firms with the carrier. So we know you'll be there with them saying, we need all the data we can get.
0: That's right. That's right. And and this will be key with these these accounts.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for this really balanced sort of thoughtful discussion around proprietary index accounts. It's nice to know that there are really good things about them and some things to sort of be aware of, but they're that they're a good addition to the overall UL landscape.
0: Great. Yeah. Thank you, Kristen. Thanks, some...
1: thanks for your time today, Jeff.
0: All right. Yep.